podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite Wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. The boys are back and Blitz Month continues on and it is time to get one of our all-time favorites back on Blitz Month. He is one of the three heads of the three-headed monster over at KSO. He is the fashionista of the K-State media world and not only is he the single most in-the-know basketball insider in the world, but he also has a pulse on K-State football as well. You may know him as Flando, but it says Grant Flanders on his driver's license. Grant, how are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing great. And I think there's at least one lie in that first sentence. I mean, or in that first paragraph, you just listed off about me. At least one. And the for sure one is the fashionista part. Um, you know, I might, I might, you know, throw on some unique things from here and there. Leopard print shirts, you know, white pants. But that is just, you know, all no thought no thought going into that at all i feel like to be a fashionista you have to have some thought going into these outfits no i think There's that's no what a true fashionista would say i think <laughs> i think you're just trying to downplay it all <laughs> hey i'll take it i'll take it um you know <laughs> i mean who else, who else would be in the discussion is my question no one that's it no one <laughs> you're in a world of your own i'll never forget i think it was the big 12 championship year or maybe it was your intern year i can't remember it when you would wear the poncho to basketball games. What oh. year was that? <laughs> I don't even remember. Like, what poncho? Oh, yeah. no, that wasn't even a poncho. That was just a hoodie that had a – Oh, had a, so, like, oversized arm hoodie? It wasn't even oversized. It just had a, a – uh, what's, like, uh, what's the word? Like, a northwest-looking – Oh, like a – Or southwest-looking. Yes. It's just okay. that pattern, and it was a hoodie. And, yeah, people loved it, including you. Damn, I thought that was a poncho. Okay, well, <laughs> never mind. I thought I, well, hey, yeah, see, it, True Fashionista had me fooled. So we're going to jump into it. Like I said, you can talk football, and we're going to get all your football predictions at the end. But you are the basketball man in the entire world. I, I would venture to say outside of folks actually on the basketball staff, you know more about K-State basketball than any of anyone in the world. So let's just jump into it. What are some of the like tidbits or rumblings that have really gotten your jimmies going uh, coming out of the team this summer? I mean, the first one that comes to my mind is probably, I mean, Marquise Noel pushing Nigel Pack in practice more than he ever was pushed last year because, I mean, that's a twofold thing. That means Marquise Noel is going to be a contributor off the bench, and it also means Pack is getting pushed to further lengths, and the coaching staff really does like that and sees – a guy who um, can play defense, you know, he's small. Marquise Noel is small, but I mean, so is Nigel Pack. So he can, he can guard up Nigel Pack pretty well with his, you know, his feistiness on defense. Um, and I think pushing him to next levels also on offense, you know, Pack's got to guard a really tough ball handler and playmaker himself in practice every day. He didn't get that last year at all. Um, no, you know, discount to Rudy Williams. But Rudy Williams wasn't that guy. They wanted him to be that guy. 
He just wasn't that guy. This year they have that Marquise Noel. They're very confident in that. He's a different player, very confident. And uh, he's been playing really well. And they get the oohs and ahs out of him with, you know, the way he can make shots from deep. Um, so we'll see if that can translate into games. But I do like that already in practice. That's showing up, um, helping Nigel pack. I guess, you know, one, uh, a few, I'll, I'll throw in two more tidbits that I got for you. Ismail Masood is, I mean, I would say he's probably an instant starter if you didn't know that already. Um, if, you're on the, if you're on the KSO site, you've seen me putting that out there plenty of times, hyping him up. And I truly believe that, you know, they, they, I think they look at him as a missing piece. Um, and maybe he doesn't start right away. I think he will. I think the only reason he wouldn't is if the, the team doesn't think he's quite ready right away. But eventually he would become a starter, I do believe, um, because they like his, his ability, you know, as a stretch forward. There's no other player on the team like him at this moment. Maybe Logan Landers could turn into a guy like him, but it's still a little different type of player. Um, last tidbit I'll throw out there is uh, Maximus Edwards, you know, might, might have a bigger impact as a freshman than I, I think any of us would have thought coming in. You know, there's plenty of mouths to feed, so I still have some skepticism as to how many minutes Maximus Edwards would um, really get. But some rumblings I have heard is how he has taken, um, you know, all the, the um, small ball four looks in practice. So that is interesting. I mean, I realize Selton Miguel is out, um, you know, he's, he's been out in the summer. He'll come back, you know, for workouts here soon when, when the team gets back together. Um, but I, I, from what I'm hearing also is Selton Miguel's likely not to be p placed back at that small ball for ever, you know, unless it's a pinch, if there's injuries or whatever else, the team would like to keep him as a two or a three, um, whether that's off the bench or as a starter, they like him more as a playmaker and as a garter on the, on the perimeter, um, as opposed to trying to, um, you know, play bigger than he actually is. He's, you know, a rocked up guy, but he's, he's only like six, four. Maximus is about 6'4", six, 6'5", six, and he's built like it, too. He's thick, you know, thick down low. I think he can play that small ball for, but it will be interesting to see how much he actually action he gets there, um, especially with Masood starting, as I said earlier. I doubt Maximus Edwards will ever have to see a ton of minutes, but it is an interesting thing to hear that, uh, you know, he's making strides in practice enough to get talked about um, as the guy they'd go to as a small ball for. Definitely. So you just mentioned with a lot of those tidbits, all these new faces. So you have the transfers, you have the couple true freshmen, they're joining the squad and they're meshing and blending with the crew that remains from last year. How is that meshing and blending going? I think it's going really well. I mean, from what I'm hearing, you know, and that's another thing I love to be in there to get my actual, you know, unbiased take because yes, you know, a lot of what I hear might be coach speak. Um, and it's sunshine pumping season, but this team is confident. I think a lot more confident, obviously, than they were last year with everything going on um, with COVID and just a roster that was broken compared to, to this season, a roster that looks a lot healthier. Um, and the transfers, you know, their experience. Mark Smith is ready to come in and, and be a guy that can start right away and I think can lead a team um, as whether as an offensive, you know, guard and possibly also play the small ball for I didn't mention that earlier, but that's a possibility for him as a, as a, a thicker guy. But he's a guy that I think will come in and mesh very well, um, two through four. Um, and then you talk about Marquise Noel. I already mentioned him and his experience. He, he should be able to come off the bench and be a guy um, that, that gives you that. And he's already helping pack out, which is, is, is huge. Um, 
But that's the thing is we're not really going to know how they blend until we see it with our own eyes. That's why this question is a little harder for me to answer without seeing that. But from what I'm hearing is things are going pretty darn well. Obviously, Masood is that missing piece they like. I think the only guy I haven't really touched on more than anyone else as far as newcomers is Logan Landers. And even he is coming along pretty well. I really, you know, he's not going to see much time at all this season, most likely. But he's stronger than they thought he'd be. And, you know, we saw him in Milwaukee, you know, uh, before, right before he went in to K-State and reported to K-State. And this guy, Logan Landers, is a very, very uh, responsible young man. <laughs> I mean, there's no other way to put it. Up in the morning, does all the right things. You know, everything that you want out of your player, especially in the K-State basketball program. They like that. So it is, it is interesting um, that – I mean, and good, this is what they needed. And, uh, you know, people didn't like the way this 2021, or I should say this, uh, yeah, 2021 uh, recruiting class looked uh, high school recruit-wise with Maximus Edwards and Logan Landers. But from what I'm hearing is they are for sure in the uh, the eyes of the coaches, future starters. Definitely. And this isn't on the outline, so forgive me, but you have to think that the fact that they get to be around each other in the summer and in the fall and Mike is allowed to kind of be the off the court leader and Nigel is able to let his leadership chops show and you bring in these guys with experience, it has to put them in a situation where they're not going to be spending the entire non-con trying to figure out how to play together and, hey, what's the right way to carry yourself on and off the floor? So even if you just look at it like that, I think they're just, you know, heads and shoulders up, like beyond where they were last year starting the season. Absolutely. I mean, there's no question about that. Um, and I think, you know, Mike McGraw came back knowing they needed to bring more guys back. He didn't come back knowing, thinking, oh, we're going to be a great team, you know, without adding anyone. He obviously came back knowing transfers are in the, you know, coming. So, and, and going to be playing many minutes. Um, so that's another thing. I think this team can mesh well because I don't think, I don't think there's, it's hard to say this because especially with Weber teams, you usually have one or two guys with giant egos that might mess with some things in the locker room. Um, but when they're really good, you don't see that as much, um, or at least not out of the good players, their ego is usually pretty healthy. Um, and, and from what I can tell, it seems like the egos of the top players on this team right now, and really everyone, I can't really speak for anyone on this team right now that has an ego that I think could get out of hand. Um, and, and, you know, that's uh, the transfers are harder to gauge as far as that goes, because I haven't seen them. So if that happens with them, that happens with them. But from what I'm hearing and everything else, it sounds like these are good enough guys. They're doing well enough in practice and things are going well enough. Uh, and yeah, they're undoubtedly feel much better right now than they did last year. I mean, I think everyone did. I think, uh, you know, I think we all are, are happy we're out of 2020. Obviously, COVID's still here and doing its thing, but we, we've learned a little bit more about it. We're a year past that, and at least sports can get back to normal stuff as far as working out and stuff like that goes. And everyone on the basketball team is vaccinated. Um, oh, so 100% for the basketball team? 100% for the basketball team as far breaking as Breaking news. Grant Flanagan. Yeah, breaking. Breaking some I know because I have not put that on the board. I just haven't found the right time to put that on there. And yeah, that's something that can be good news. And I guess at some point I should tweet that out or something. Yeah, you probably should. That you know, you'll have time. This is dropping on that's true. Uh, Tuesday. I guess what, what will the date be? Tuesday, the seventeenth. We're recording this on August twelfth, just in case something crazy happens. Um, but let's get into this because 
these two guys both, I like one of them shattered their expectations, at least from me, and the other one lived up to and probably even exceeded a little bit, and that is Davion Bradford and Nigel Pack. Uh, I think they both were disgustingly robbed of being on the first team, all freshman team last year in the Big 12. But this was a conversation on the boards a little bit uh, back in the spring, even during the season. But we saw how well they played as true freshmen. How much higher is their ceiling and what can they do and what have they been doing to improve, maybe even raise that perceived ceiling on each of their games? You know, I think it's easier to see how Davion Bradford can raise his ceiling more than Nigel Pack, just because Nigel Pack was just that good as an offensive player last year. Um, you know, but there's still there's still there's still heights that that Pack can raise to too. Um, and I'll say that I mean uh, I I'll talk about it all the time because I do think this is so important. Is Marquise Noel if he can actually push Pack in practice to get better and better throughout the year that could be more valuable than really game action because it's literally every single day. Um, yes, game action throws different looks at you and helps in other ways, but then it's a whole nother thing when you can literally get tested every single day um, and, and against a guy that's not going to back down. And they can even throw, like, if, if someone wants to say, Pack, uh, you know, or Marquise is too small of a defense, I mean, when Miguel gets back, if they won't really want to test Nigel, they can throw Selton on him and, and, and throw that look to him too. What a, a rangier, better, you know, bigger def a defender really looks like. Um, there's different looks they can throw at pack. And that's why I think his ceiling can even raise higher on offense. You know, um, I think just his confidence as well. I think the confidence of two freshmen, that's another thing. They were true freshmen last year coming in um, with stunted off seasons and they still came in and performed way sooner into the season than we for sure thought out of Davion Bradford and Nigel Pack too. I mean, I didn't expect him to lead the team in scoring right away. Um, and, you know, end the year, you know, I, I would have guessed, I probably did guess Mike McGraw last year is probably the, the likely guy to lead the team in scoring. That was Nigel Pack. And he was a true freshman as a sophomore with even better uh, practices and more reps. I see his ceiling getting, getting better. I think he has to, you know, continue working on his inside game and floater game because I think his perimeter game is as good as it can really be. I mean, it'll continue to get better and better, but I think that's something that really comes natural to him. And it all comes pretty natural to him, but I do see where he could improve even more um, inside, um, whether that becomes even a better playmaker um, as well as, you know, working on that floater game and stuff like that. I think that will take his game to the next level as well because, he obviously showed he was lights out in the perimeter and sometimes he could go on with the floater game and stuff like that. But I want to see more of that this year and, and see that raise even further. And then defensively for him, just, just be good enough. Learn as much as you can from Marquise Noel as a small guy and how he defends because he's a pesky guy. If you ever have seen his uh, ability to defend um, uh, at, at a lower level, but still at Arkansas Little Rock, he, he, he was a, a solid defender. So if that happens, um, I, I think I think Pat can slowly get better on the defensive end as well. But that is an area where he'll probably never be, you know, even good at. He could be decent at it, but I don't see him ever being a good defender. He can be a decent defender, but we'll see. I mean, I hope he can get. But the reason he plays is his offensive ability, his his shooting ability, and his playmaking ability, and his 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 basketball IQ is also 
very good already as a freshman. So that's why, I mean, their ceilings aren't as high as some freshmen because they've already gotten pretty far <laughs> already, but there's still enough room there for Pack to achieve more. Davion Bradford, I see him being able to make even, uh, maybe not this season, but at some point in his career, a massive stride um, to where he is a good defender and a really, really, really scary offensive player down low. Um, you know, whether that be back to the basket, I think he can continue to work on that part of his game, um, working on moves down low and, and getting a shimmy and a shake and seeing if he can figure things out down there um, and maybe get a little hook shot too, because at his size, I mean, a hook would be amazing. Um, but also I love how he is so aggressive already as a freshman going straight up at the basket. He's not afraid to dunk it. So I love seeing that as well continue to get better at that. He's already shown he's really good, you know, with his hands, obviously catching lobs and stuff. I think um, his ceiling, that's the thing is he can, he can get even a lot better just because it, the, the better pack gets too, the more playmaking of opportunities for Davion Bradford comes because um, not just from pack, from, from other guys on the team as well. I think there, there's a chance that Bradford could take an even larger step and probably does take the larger step than pack this season, just based on all the different playmakers around him. Now he's, he's, you know, locked in his tat number one, five, and not that pack's not locked in that, that one, but as I said, pack has already done amazing things as a freshman. He can only do so much more, you know, um, to make me be like, Holy cow. Whereas Bradford, I think he could make me say, Holy cow. A couple times this season. Definitely. And I, I am so excited to see what those two do and like see what sort of jump Selton might make to join them, especially after playing with some like actual professionals and grown ass men, uh, mm -hmm. you know, trying to qualify for the Olympics. But let's move on to a question. And you, you've mentioned, I think, almost everyone on the team so far. But if you had to stamp one or two guys that you think are going to exceed the expectations of the fan base as a whole, or maybe aren't getting as much love or talk amongst the fans. Who do you think those one or two guys might be for this basketball season? Probably go Luke Kazuki is one. I mean, that's just one that no one really talks about. I even sometimes, you know, get caught not talking about him. So I can see why fans are, you know, wonder what's going on with him. I still think he could be solid. The thing is, is his defense is, is way better than what they ever expected early on. So that's already a plus and it's going to get him on the floor. Um, how much? I don't know. I think he could somehow find 15 minutes per game. We'll see if that actually happens. Um, but if that happens, then that, yeah, that ends up being a guy that people weren't expecting um, to show up because I, yeah, and I also think he could be way better than he was last season and actually make a few outside shots. Um, anyone else that I'm, that I guess I'd go Marquise Noel is another one because I think he's, just based on his size will always, um, you know, catch criticism from fans as, as a guy that won't be able to play at this level. And, you know, I hope that in, you hope as a K-State fan that he can prove people wrong pretty quick as a guy that can be that. And I think, I think he, you know, will be a solid piece off the bench. And then one other one would probably have to be, I feel, because, I mean, if you go down the roster, obviously we know we're going we're to we're get from Pack. I think we know what we're going to get from Mark Smith, but maybe people don't. Um, he's going to be a starter. Masood's going to be a starter. Bradford's going to be a starter. Uh, 
Mike McGurl. I mean, there we go. I could say Mike McGurl, actually. Everyone wants, wants to discount Mike McGurl and what he can do. This could be a year where he actually finds a role where he easily exceeds expectations from people because I absolutely believe, me included, can sometimes get in a rut and think, man, Mike's really frustrating sometimes. But that was because he was put into a situation where he should have never been put in last year and he'll never have to be in this season and he can find himself in way better situations and actually be a guy that I think could surprise some people. Obviously, we know his role is going to be large, but I think he could be better than what people are expecting. I love it. All right, so final basketball question. Before we jump jump to that, I do want to say we're going live every Wednesday, Spotify Green Room. This past week, guess who stopped in? Taylor frickin' Brat just decided he was going to jump in. You never know who might hop into the Spotify Green Room going live every Wednesday at 7 p.m. They're our sponsors, and we love them. Okay, final basketball question before we get your football predictions. Gun to your head right now on August 12th. Who would you say is going to be the starting five for the bulk of the season? And it is an interesting question because you want to know what I, – I, I don't know this answer as well now as I obviously will, I think, a couple weeks from now after I kind of hear how Selton Miguel is doing and, you know, once he gets back into the swing of things. But if I'm going to see it, assuming and everything, I, I gun to my head, it's pretty easy for me to see. I think this is going to happen is, is my, Nigel Pack – uh, Mike McGurl, Mark Smith, Ismail Masood, and um, Davion Bradford. And that's your starting five. And then you have, you know, Celta Miguel and Marquise Noel and, and uh, Iziagu as your pro- primary backups. Who else am I missing? Um, you know, I guess Lingard's been talked about as a guy that could be doing some, some things this year too. So he could possibly be someone that, you know, gets into that lineup as well. And then Kazuki, but yes, the starting lineup, Nigel Pack, Mike McGurl, uh, Mark Smith, Ishmael Masood, Davion Bradford, gun to my head. I love it. Once we get a little bit closer to basketball season, we will for sure be bringing Grant on. If you want to see what he's uncovering for the basketball team, make sure you're over on K-State online, but let's transition to football. Football is the reason for the season for this blitz month. We are getting all of our guests to go on the record with their predictions. And uh, yeah, we're going to jump into it. I love the questions I'm making you answer. And uh, you know, I I love them a lot. I I think I I don't want to toot my own horn, but I think I did a great job with this blitz month. So the first question is going to be with no restrictions, who is going to be the offensive MVP? I mean, yeah, no restrictions. It's Deuce Vaughn for me. I mean, it just so seeing what he did as a freshman, um, true freshman was just incredible. I think uh, he's only going to take it even further lengths. And he is the most dynamic player in this offense, I think, um, as, you know, a playmaker. I mean, that's the thing is they have some other guys that we'll get to talking about here in a second. Um, but I know he's small up, but Deuce Vaughn is not a guy. To, and I think we all know it. Obviously, we see, we've seen all the hype for him. And I'm going to stay right on the hype train with this answer in Deuce Vaughn. So I'm going to ask you a follow-up about Deuce Vaughn. And I'm going to phrase it as fact or fiction. Fact or fiction, before his time at K-State is done, Deuce Vaughn receives at least one Heisman vote. Woo! That's a tough one, man. Yeah. Yes. Yes. At least one. Sure. Why not? Like, I mean, running backs usually don't get it. Obviously at what Derrick Henry was the last one. And um, 
before that was Mark Ingram. It's just Alabama running backs. Get it. So, <laughs> um, you know, it doesn't happen very often. And I don't, yeah, I don't think he'll win the Heisman ever. Um, but I think he'll get a vote or two in his career. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I think all Heisman voters get, I think, three votes. I think you get first, second, and third place. So, uh, Here's the list of K-State players who have received Heisman votes. The first one was Lynn Dickey in uh, 1970, Chad May in 94, Bishop finished second in 98, Darren Sproles fifth in 2003, Colin Klein third in 2012. So he would join a great company. He can get a Heisman vote before it's all said and done. Um, so here's the next one for offensive MVP. If you take out Deuce and you take out Skyler, who I think are the two obvious picks, who would be your kind of outside shot, your long shot bet at offensive MVP? Uh, you know, and I'd love to go offensive line here and go Cooper BB, but I'm not gonna, but even though he probably is the right choice. Cause I think he's one of the best offensive linemen on that, on that team at a, at a size that it's like, how are you even able to do that? And he's just really good player IQ out this world. But if I, but I'm, I'm going to go a different route and say, Daniel Amaterbebe. I know that's a different one too, but I think he <laughs> like like Deuce, but in a different way is super fuck. I don't know, swore super. <laughs> hey, no, you can cuss on our show. Remember, super fucking dynamic. I mean, that's that's all I was gonna say. Is I think you know from I will yeah from afar at the practice that we saw you know on Saturday, Amaterbebe didn't look giant. But I think he has really good size. He looked honestly pretty good. His size looked good. He moved really well. That was apparent. And I think his hands are going to be really good. I mean, as far as what they're talking about, I think he's someone who could be that offensive MVP. Because um, I, I mean, Bradley Moore was probably one, close to being an offensive MVP last year um, behind Deuce and I mean, with Skylar Thompson going out, obviously. So that is an interesting question. I'm I, I'm sticking with the matter of baby on this question. Going to the transfer people, you know, I don't even know what he looks like yet in purple uh, on, on game day. So we'll see, we'll see what happens, but I think he could be that guy. What's what, what about, what's your answer for this one? Well, you're going to have to tune into the Bosco's voice prediction special to get my answer Ooh, on that one. But let, let me just do a spoiler alert. I like where your head's at. I like where your head's at there. So that, that's that's like the little hint. Uh, so be sure to tune in. That'll be in the that I believe we have that scheduled to be the Monday of game week, the Bosco's Boys prediction special. So I, I, I like where your head's at for that one. So the next question is going to be who is going to be the defensive MVP? Last year, everyone said Wyatt Hubert, and we had to get the follow-up, excluding excluding Wyatt Hubert. I don't think there is that runaway guide that I have to put any guidelines in. So who are you taking to be the defensive MVP this year? I mean, I'll make my own guidelines because I think this dude could be the best player on the team and it's another transfer. So it's like, who knows, but Julius Prince is going to be the offense or the defensive MVP. And it's kind of like how, yeah, Wyatt Hubert was last year because he was the best player on the defense. I think this is going to be the best player on the defense and he's placed at a position that's super, super important. And he's going to, you know, I think be a stud right away and, and be guarding uh, the toughest, some of the toughest wide receivers in college football and, and doing well at it. But I'll, I'll create my own stipulation and say, if it's not Brent's, um, because I, I do, you know, want to go further than that and, and 
and that's where it does get difficult because I, I, I thought I had an answer for this when I looked over your, your thing earlier, but I, I guess I didn't give it enough thought. And when I'm thinking about it, I could go a few different routes because I'm scared about linebacker. One of those guys might have to be an MVP, uh, you know, and it, it avoid all injuries to, to make this season a special one. Um, and then I also wonder who's going to be the pass rusher of this year that Wyatt Hubert was last year. Um, that's going to be important too. But if I had to put a gun to my head, it's Julius Prince, and I think it's not even quite close, even though Echo Boido is also a really solid cornerback. And I think was probably one of the guys you could point to as last year after Hubert, maybe Echo Boido was one of those guys as a defensive MVP. Um, obviously there's Wiley and, and McPherson too, but uh, and that's another guy. That's the thing. There's a lot of guys you can go to, but Julius Prince is my answer for this. I like it. All right. So the next one I'm going to go to is, Young breakout player on offense. And for young breakout player, we're going to say a freshman or sophomore who is yet to make a major impact on the field. Um, so can this be Joe Irvin or does he not count? I, no, I would say Irvin is available. I would say Wright is available. I, I would say that, uh, honestly, if you look at, I think Cooper Beebe is the only one, like, uh, you know, freshman, sophomore. On, oh, and Deuce, of course. Can't nope. take Deuce, but I think <laughs> Deuce and BB are like the only two, I think, technical, technically freshman sophomores that I would not allow you to answer. Joe Irvin. I, I mean, I think he's going to be that guy um, after Deuce. and You're going to do different things with Deuce because Joe Irvin, I think, can be that guy. They can put Irvin in the backfield and split, you know, Deuce uh, into the slot. And that's something that I think that they – I mean, might end up using more than maybe even people think at this point, just because I think it could be really effective. I mean, because Irvin could be that good. Um, and, you know, Wright is one, one I thought about too, but I think Irvin's just a little further along. Um, and from what we've heard and everything, and it sounds like Irvin could make a nice splash this season. So I'll take him. All right. Now let's flip it to the defensive side. Young breakout player on defense, freshman or sophomore, who's yet to make a major impact. Um, who was I thinking for this one again? Oh yeah. Uh, I would go with, I mean, Felix and a DK, does that count? Because yeah. if he hasn't done it yet, I'd probably go with him. And then a sleeper pick would be Nate Matlack. I don't think the impact shows up this season, but I do think he could be really dynamic down the road. So you're calling your shot for blitz month, 2022. You're going to say Nate Matlack. I think yes. he'll still be a yeah. sophomore next year. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I, that's the thing is, I think he'll he'll flash here and there whenever he gets put in, um, because I think you know he's he's made some strides already. Uh, coaches have talked about his, you know, how much bigger he's gotten in the offseason. and you know, at the little practice we saw on Saturday, he was pretty impressive in the little time we saw on how he can beat um, offensive linemen. Well, yeah, and, and I tell you what, he probably, at least given Chris Kleiman's press conference this week, probably wins the workout warrior of the summer because I think he said he put on like 25, 30 pounds of muscle. And I think he was working with a trainer in Kansas City when he was off campus. And it was like he put on all this weight and still increased his uh, vertical jump and his 40 and all that type of stuff. So I think he had a great offseason when it comes to developing his body. It might it- – it might be no, – I'm not even going to say it on this podcast yet. Nope, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to throw something out there yet. But it's been discussed. No, I think – I just think he could be really good. Like, I think he could be really good in the future. That's all I'll say. 
Okay. All right. Well, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> um, so here, here is always my favorite question. And I think that, and this was one of your guys's, I, th I think, uh, panel questions on KSO. And I, I'm not going to toot my own horn, but I'm 99% sure back when I did the 100 questions in 100 days uh, uh -huh. a few years ago, I think this was the question. And I think it's been a staple on KSO ever since. But what is the pendulum game of the year? The one game that if we win, it swings the season towards possibly being great. But if we lose, it could swing it towards being bad. Iowa State's my answer. And and I know that's, uh, you know, maybe a little further into the season than some people think a swing game should be. But the way I see it is, you know, you should be you got to get through Stanford. If you don't get through Stanford, things are looking bleak for me. Um, I mean, that's the thing is you can always turn it around come Big 12 season. But things won't be looking great if you lose to Stanford. Um, so you beat Stanford. You beat uh, the uh, Southern Illinois. Yep, the Salukis, baby. The Salukis. <laughs> you, you beat Nevada, even though that'll probably be the toughest non-con game of the season, which I could also see as a swing game and totally understand that one getting uh, picked. Um, but it's got to be a conference game for me to be a swing game because you can go on and win the Big 12 if you lose all your, your non-con games, technically. So um, – I'm going, uh, you know, Iowa State because the way I see it, you're not going to – good chance you're not going to beat both Oklahoma State and Oklahoma. Um, and, and you do kind of need to win one of those. So I understand picking one of those two as a swing game as well. But let's assume they win one of those two games. Iowa State becomes the most massive game of the season. It's the toughest game left on the schedule at that point. And then, um, you know – if you're one and one in those two and you can beat them, you have a shot at winning the, the whole thing after that. A easier schedule the rest of the way. Um, and uh, just, yeah, I mean, all of a sudden fans are thinking they could win the Big 12. If you lose that, you go one and two in those first three Big 12 games. It's looking way bleaker. It's amazing how bleak, much bleaker that looks, even if it is an easier schedule. But but it puts that much pressure on winning all those games the rest of the way. And you're still not guaranteed um, getting into the big 12 championship game. So I pick Iowa state as my swing game. I love it. So then maybe the most important one, what is K-State's record this year? Oh, man, this, uh, this will be one that I might go full. And, and, and let me say this. <laughs> We're not going to tar and feather you if you change your question for an official KSO show later. This is August 12th. There's, you know, what, three, four weeks before the season still. So we're not going to, you know, come to your house, uh, I guess, your girl, your beautiful girlfriend's apartment. Uh, you it's know, our weeks apartment from now. now. Yes, your apartment. Sorry. We're not going to come to your joint apartment and, you know, tar and feather you and put you on the public square for everyone to throw eggs at if you change it. <laughs> Uh, so I'm taking a little bit of that pressure off. But as we're sitting here on August 12th, and this is being published on August 17th, what's K-State's record? And, you know, this might just make people think, oh, you suck because you you can't stick with one. Because two weeks ago, I, a week or two ago, I said seven and five on a chat, KSO chat. Uh, today, I'm going to say eight and four. Two weeks from now, I'm going to say nine and three. <laughs> Like I, I don't know. I get excited. I do get, you know, get closer to the season. Um, and I really like this team, you know, compared to some of the, you know, uh, well, last year's team I like too, but of course everything crumbled. I don't see that happening this season with guys getting, you know, I think the culture is way better than everything else. Um, but 
I don't know. I, I think the closer and closer we get, um, and of course injuries and stuff could, could all of a sudden throw my prediction, you know, going the other direction. Um, but, you know, God forbid any injuries happen this fall. I, I could see it a scenario where they, they do win eight or nine games. I know that sounds a little crazy because I think seven and five is probably the safer bet, but I, I do. I don't think it's crazy to start saying this team could win eight, nine. And if we want to go real crazy, maybe they somehow get that double digits. I don't, I don't know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't predict this year, but I really hope you do Scott. So I I'm, I'm hearing that basically you and I need to like road up and go up to Iowa where sports gambling is legal and put a bunch of money on K-State over five and a half. Oh my God, please. No, exactly. And I'm not a better, but I should just try to go make some coin off that because that's, that is pretty disrespectful. I mean, that's what K-State gets every year. I mean, it's disrespect as far as that goes, but I mean, this one, it seems like pretty cut and dry. Like there's no way this team uh, loses uh, or I guess wins less than six games. I don't, I, I just don't see that happening. I would be astonished. I'd be definitely disappointed. Well, um, sounds like I we have we'll a, like a weekend road trip that's coming up. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. Definitely. All right. And then I can't uh, wait to do it in Kansas. Uh, I mean, because the government, like they couldn't get it through. Like I, I, this past summer, we were going to get some people on from the Kansas legislature to talk about it, um, but it just didn't happen. It's, it was a weird off season when it comes to shows. But there was a lot of stupid stuff. Basically, the Senate passed a great bill. But then the House, of course, all politics ruined by lobbyists and money. All the big money folks down Wichita want to reopen the dog tracks. And they wanted to attach that to sports gambling. And then, oh, the lottery uh, wanted to get involved. And that screwed it all up. So the House screwed it all up. And I hate the House. So, oh, my gosh. Well, Wow. I'm just glad you keep up with that political stuff because yes, yeah, yeah. So, sorry. I there's like a thunder thing. I was like, oh, that surprised me. Okay, sorry. I didn't mean to go wild. What was it? What was it? I think it was thunder because it's like kind of cloudy and I don't see anything else outside that it might have been. Fonzie's <laughs> getting a little concerned. So things Uh-oh. are going wild. Things are going crazy. And if you want things to go wild and crazy with us, we go live every Wednesday on Spotify Green Room. Keep your eye to Twitter. We will tweet out the links 7 p.m. You never know who might show up. Uh, DY has shown up before. Uh, Drew has shown up before. I haven't seen Flando before, but we have seen Taylor Pratt. So who knows? Maybe if everyone tweets at uh, – who should everyone tweet at this week? Uh, everyone tweet at, like, Coach Foster or uh, Chuck Lilly. See if one of the other analysts or recruiting guys will hop on. So here's the uh, – we got two more questions left in Blitz Month. Who is playing for the Big 12 Championship? Yeah, that's thunder. Yeah. Yeah, you know, after just, you know, riding K-State hard right there, I mean, still not enough for me to put them in the Big 12 championship game. So I'm going Oklahoma and uh, ooh, Iowa State. Iowa State, unfortunately. Is God, and I might have to cheer for Iowa State if that happens, which is Yeah, weird. I know. It's I wanted to, like, say Oklahoma State, but. I don't know. I, I think Iowa State's a better team than Oklahoma State this year. So Yeah, we'll see. All right, and then the final one is, who is K-State sharing a conference with come Blitz Month 2022? Not the Mountain West. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, come Conference 2022? I mean, I, 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 I'm ready to predict, and I think many people have. You know, I think Oklahoma and Texas only stay for a year. 
Um, we'll see if they stay longer. So I think it's going to be the eight remaining teams. You know, do you want me to list them all off? No, uh, no. That, that will, if it is only eight teams, meaning seven games in conference by all of a sudden, they're going to have to scramble and try to figure out some uh, scheduling be stuff weird. because yeah, that's, gonna be weird. that's going to get weird. So that's all of Blitz Month. But as always, I want you to plug KCA Online. Tell everyone what we're doing. And you guys are no longer on uh, Apple Podcasts, but uh, tell everyone where they can find your guys' new and improved, short, uh, easily digestible, fun podcast. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh scotty um yes no go to our youtube channel case that online um i think it's just, that's all it is case that online on youtube subscribe to that that helps us out a bunch and yeah right now we're just trying to traffic all of our content as far as multimedia stuff to youtube um for now um and you know the bigger we get the the, the sooner i think we get back to getting back on your regularly scheduled like podcast you're never coming back. You don't have to lie to me. It's okay. <laughs> I'll still listen to you guys on hey, YouTube, but I'm not happy about it. You never did a- answer my question. Well, I have one question that I can oh. ask before we finish this up. Um, you know, when you were a real downer, you were a real downer. I think we all were when all that Texas Oklahoma stuff was happening. Yep. Would a Pac, a K State Pac-12 championship, make you feel any better about things? Yeah, if you told if you told me straight up K State <laughs> was going to win a K or win a Pac-12 championship, I'd be happy. Um, I don't think it's going to happen, but hey, we'll see. We'll see. No, I don't think it's. I don't think it's the likely thing either. I think the more likely thing is eight teams stay together, and and then eventually they get four more teams to join. Um, but yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting, and we could probably talk a lot more about realignment stuff if we wanted. But I don't know. It'll be for, it'll be for sure interesting if it's only eight teams next year. Like that'll be really weird. Yeah, it, it will be weird. So that's all we have. Again, check out uh, Grant Flanders over at KC Online. Subscribe to their YouTube channel. We love them. Grant would tell you. We love you. Oh, I, I love you too. Um, Flanders always tells people, you know, tell your friends. My Grant says meet, meet me at the Cathead. I say, hey, love everyone except for OU and Texas fans. For a while, I excluded Iowa State, but Farmageddon Freeze is dead. It's time to get back at those weirdos on twitter so uh they're off the list you can you have my permission to be mean to them before you know it we'll start bullying all the stanford nerds on twitter as well blitz month continues on one show every single weekday all the way leading up to kickoff grant thank you again for coming on and i want to thank you dy andrew for all the work you guys do at k-state online the best in the biz when it comes to covering k-state thank you scott and go subscribe to the Bosco's boys too and help them out get their stuff up. But I mean, you're probably already subscribed if you're listening, but, and I'm going to get on the green room at some point. Cause you're probably going to do it forever. Right? Yeah, it's great. Actually during basketball. And again, probably won't work for basketball cause you'll be at the games, but we used to do the quick take hot take shows on Spotify or uh, just live. I think I'm going to be doing those on Spotify green room where at halftime, you know, I'll hop on, I'll tweet out the link anyone want to get their uh, takes off about the first half and then we'll do it immediately after the game for about a half hour, then we'll publish a show. It's going to, it's going to be fun. It's a lot of fun interacting with all the boneheads directly. And it's a great time. Spotify green room is awesome. I think you guys at KSO should do it, but you guys have your chats anyways, but it's a really fun medium to, you know, just chat with folks. I think it would be a cool different thing from a chat, you know, like an every other week type of thing. And maybe we can talk about it doing something like that but yeah I, I know you guys got it rolling you got taylor brad on like, oh, we yeah. rarely get taylor brad on 
It's been, well, he likes me better than you guys. <laughs> he just doesn't want to talk to DY on camera. That's that's the problem. Yeah, that, that, that's it. That's it. So we love you guys, and uh, we're going to get Grant on Spotify Green Room soon. It's time to get set for the cat attack. You can feel it coming on for Kansas State. The feeling's growing strong. You can join in the action. This is where you want to be with Kansas State. Come on, set your spirit free. Kansas State, our pride is with the cats. Kansas State, come on, join the cat attack. Kansas State, excitement's in the Podcast Network.